Okay, so we're live. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Vince from FTR and Joliet, and today, what's your name, where are you from? Um, Jessica Gutierrez, and I am from Joliet, Illinois. Yeah, how long have you lived in Joliet? I born and raised until, I believe I was 10, and then moved to Cole City, and I lived in Cole City until I was 15, and then moved back, and I've been here most of the time. Okay, and so describe, you know, your childhood in Joliet. What was it like? Um, childhood in Joliet. Um, I lived on the west side. Oh, I lived on the west side. <laughs> Where um, at on the west side? By Rockdale. So it was a pretty fairly really nice neighborhood. Um, I moved there when I was five. Before then, I still lived on um, Center Street. So I remember, like, all the older houses, the older neighborhoods. Um, my grandma was friends with a lot of the people in the neighborhood. Um, and, you know, just running around with the kids there. It was fairly decent area. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so you just, you talk about your grandma. Mm -hmm. You lived with your grandma? Yes. Yeah. Um, my parents were in and out. You know, I saw them when I did. I don't really have many memories of them. Mm -hmm. um, not in many good memories, I would say, <laughs> of them. I get it. Um, I get it. But, yeah, my grandma, she's been, like, my angel, my rock. Uh, if I didn't have her, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at. And so that's kind of where I want to get to. I want you to tell your story. So you grew up in Joliet till roughly the age of 10. Yep. And then you guys moved to Cole City. Why move from Joliet to Cole City? Um, so my parents were addicts. Um, my mom particularly always lived with my grandma, and um, she was addicted as well as my father. Um, he just wasn't really around, so I didn't notice his as much. Um, she was addicted to cocaine, which is very, you know, once you're there, that's pretty much all that matters in your life. Um, so she was in and out of prison. Um, I believe at this time, I want to say she got out of prison, was trying to do really good. Um, and so my grandma helped her move us to um, Cole City. Was that so, to get away from the influences? Yeah, yeah, to get away. Like I said, we lived in a fairly good neighborhood, but the people she hung around was not good. Um, so I guess, you know, the separation, trying to do better, we moved out there. Um, trying to give us that quote-unquote second chance mm -hmm. um, and I mean just make better options without having so much of um, that peer pressure you know even as adults you can have peer pressure right so and so then what sparked moving back to Joliet prison again <laughs> um, <laughs> story of my mm -hmm. life the lot of addiction in my past not personally with me but with my family um, a lot of addiction in the past, a lot of prison, a lot of jail time and court and all that. Um, she ended up not doing very well when she went back out there. Um, you know, still having people that have cars, they can still drive. We were only like 20 minutes from Joliet, right. so it really wasn't that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, you, you, you hope the cornfields yeah. distract everybody. You <laughs> right. <know? laughs> the cornfields. Oh my gosh, tons of cornfields. Um, yeah, so you hope that, but I mean... Even at that, it's still such a small town, and then you have Morris, and you have Braidwood, you have Wilmington. Like it's still the same really group of people. You know, when you when you talk about addicts, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not specifically just to Joliet; they're everywhere. Um, so you know that caused relapse, and you know a lot of um, she had relationships with people that you know were addicts too, and brought it right back in the house. Um, so she ended up getting in trouble again, going back to prison. Um, and my grandma actually moved out there with us. She just had my younger brother. Um, I was 13 when he was born, um, and he was a newborn. So I remember going through that and um, 
she was i mean still i, I she used during her pregnancy she used after wow. um you know and so here i was 13 this time my grandma didn't live with us yet until he was a couple months old so i was really trying to take care of him and manage going to school while having a mother that was addicted 13 13 14 and so that puts you freshman ish eighth grade freshman year okay yeah and so at that point you were going to coal city coal city yeah okay and what type of grades were you getting in Cole City? Um, you know, I was actually so grateful that my grandma decided to move us out there because living in Joliet, I probably would have followed the same path my parents did um, just because there is more influences there. Whereas out there, um, you know, I got, I, I wasn't like the most popular kid in school, but I had a lot of friends that were really good influences. Um, you know, their families were put together, you know, not even so much has to be the you know, good mom and good dad and, and everybody in the house, but good, just good people. Yeah. Um, so I remember I had a couple of really good friends, um, Gabby and Crystal. Hey girls. Um, they're <laughs> my favorite. Um, and really we grew up together with a lot of the same, you know, not ideal families. Um, but we got through it together and they were just always there for me if I needed somebody to talk to. And I feel like sometimes finding those friends, um, really helps you push forward okay so your freshman year ish mm -hmm. um you're you're taking care of a baby yes are you you're in school yes are you playing sports yeah so um i did tennis which kept me like really focused and like i said those were a really good group of girls too um you know just people that i just talked to um i got really good grades i was getting a's and b's i remember getting a couple of c's because I mean, you can't be good at everything all at one time and manage and, and make it all work. Um, but, I mean, I did we're gonna, it. We're going to come back to that thought here. You can't be good at everything and make it all work and manage yeah, when we yeah. get back to what you're doing now. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, I did tennis, and I remember running track. Um, my grandma just always encouraged to keep active um she was the one i remember when i was younger her and my older sister Jeannie um always would take me to dance practice and would take me to piano lessons grandma put me in um and i really think she tried to do that to keep me from seeing my parents a lot um from seeing everything that you know they were doing in front of my face and still kind of encourage the positivity and you know if you want to be good at this you kind of have to work at it type idea <laughs> so is your grandma the person, because that's awesome that you just said that. If you want to be good at this, you, you have to work yeah. at it. And you've got to influence, you got to have that positive influence. So it sounds like your grandma is the most influential person for you. Almost definitely. Um, she actually pinned me at my nursing. Um, I couldn't think of anyone better. Like, she's constantly encouraged me. She's told me when I've messed up the worst. Um, and she's told love honesty. me, and she, yeah, like tough love. I remember when I um, was pregnant, she's like, "Well, if you want to play, you got to pay." And I was like, "Like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I have to pay then." And and so when you're pregnant, when were you pregnant? Um, so actually, um, at this point, gosh, uh, my brother was about three. So I've helped my grandma raise him for a while. So you're about 17-ish um, then at that 17. point? 17. I was 17. Um, and he was about three. My um, mom just got out of prison again um, from when she went in when I was 14-ish. 
um, the reason Grandma moved out to Cold City. So then we're now we're in Joliet again, and um, she moved me back out there just, you know, to be closer to all of our family. You know, we got rid of the house in Cold City, because at that point she was living in both houses. So Joliet was really where we just thought was a better idea. Um, and yeah, I was 17. I already dropped out of high school. Okay, so wait, stop. I'm not going to let you slide past ah, that one because I remember right. this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> this was uh, a very intense conversation. Um, why did you drop out of high school? Uh, I had bills to pay. I had a baby to take care of. Um, not my baby, my brother. Mm -hmm. So um, I was working at Sears and I was 16. Um, I was working pretty much full time. Um, after school and just trying to manage having this baby um and that your your brother not your baby yes no my brother yeah. yeah um and you know even though my mom just got out of prison she was still not doing the best in life um and about six months before that my grandma had a stroke so um she was stable to be out of the hospital um she was stable to be at home on her own um, but she was not stable enough to do things on her own. Um, she couldn't walk up the stairs very well. Um, getting back and forth, you know, into the bathtub and out of the bathtub was a chore for her. Um, and, you know, washing dishes or just, you know, making sure that dinner was done. Things like that was harder for her. So, you know, I really had to kind of step up and be her caregiver, um, take care of my brother, work so that way, you know, Although we put in all this money for pensions and Social Security, like, that doesn't pay everything. You know, you still have other things like doctor bills and stuff that you need to take care of. Um, so I kind of had to take my mother's place as her daughter, which I've been raised as her daughter pretty much, um, and make sure that at the end of the day she took care of me. I couldn't just let her not be took care of and my brother not be taken care of. So you, you dropped out because you had life. Life at sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yes. had you had life at sixteen, life. and and that's that's not uncommon, unfortunately, in that in that area. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's my sister. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that story so far, it's almost mirroring. <laughs> you know, what, yes. what Angie had to do with raising me. Um, so at this point, you dropped out of high school. What was your what, what were your plans at that point then? Just living day by day and making it work. Um, I knew. With my grandma, I'd always have a place to live. Um, she owned the house. You know, it was just mortgage and making sure the bills were paid and stuff. So at the end of the day, they had to be paid. She made sure that stuff was, certain things were done, um, you know, with her money. But I still had to make sure that my brother was taken care of, um, that he had the clothes that he needed. He had, we had the food in the house that we needed. Um, that I was able to get people back and forth, you know, to doctor appointments and um, live myself. You know, too, like, I obviously didn't have anybody to take care of me either. So I had to work to, you know, make sure that I had food to eat and make sure that I had clothes. And, um, you know, if I wanted to go somewhere, I had to pay for that myself, you know. And laundry soap and toilet paper <laughs> are not free. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see you, you, sometimes you sell them at a, a low price. Yes, yes. <laughs> now that I know how to shop, I try to help other people shop. Uh, okay, so now you're 16, dropping out of high school, and you're pregnant at 17. Pregnant at 17, not ideal. Um, definitely was not like my first choice, but I was nervous, but I really wasn't. I already raised a kid. Like, taking care of, at least it's my own, I guess is how I felt. <laughs> like, at least I'm taking care of my own. Um, 
you know, so yeah, I was 17 and then pregnant and then I'm working at, what was I working? TJ Maxx. I was working mm-hmm. full time, 40 hours at TJ Maxx. Um, and I actually worked across the street at Hollywood Boulevard. So after I got done there, I usually got done, I think about four, I worked like an eight to four schedule. And then I would work at the theater from five until 11 or 12. So you're hustling. Um, I'm hustling. Um, I'm trying to make whatever money I can because now I got this kid I got to take care of in nine months and nine months is whatever, not long enough to prepare (laughs) to take care of another life. Um, so yeah, so I just try to save my money as best as I can. I remember putting stuff on layaway just to make sure that I had, um, you know, clothes and making sure that when I got paid, I bought a pack of diapers every time I got paid just to put it in the closet and make sure that, you know, $7 seems like not a lot, but if I buy 15 packs by the time my kid's born, at least I won't have to worry when he's like, when I'm on maternity leave because I was so nervous to have other people watching my kids. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, so you, you're you 17. You have your first child. How many kids you got? Now? Yeah. Four. Four. So how old are you? I'm 28. 28 years old. So from 17 to 28, you got four kids. Four. Yep. And what are you doing with yourself right now? Um, nurse practitioning student. Nurse practitioning um, student. So and... describe that. What does that mean? So that means you finished your... So I finished my bachelor's in nursing. Okay. Um, and which means that you went back to high school? No, GED. GED. So when after, did you get your GED? At, uh, I think he was six weeks old. My oldest. I think he was six weeks old. Um, and I remember, and it's never until I talk about my GED that I even remember that I did it. I remember being pregnant with him. I was working like crazy two jobs, um, and then I was um, going to GED classes. Like I would get on the bus in the morning at like seven o'clock pregnant just big and pregnant um getting on the bus and going to classes and sitting there and feeling like I didn't know anything because they're talking about science stuff and they're talking about you know social studies and and math I was pretty good at but writing I was horrible at um you know and just trying to study and trying to work so that way I could take my GD and just pass and maybe do something but at least I had my GD okay and so oldest was six months Six weeks when you finished? No, six weeks. Six weeks. I, I had oh, him um, January 23rd, 2007, and um, I took my GED test in February. And after you finished your GED, um, you had more children. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. At what point in time did you decide that it was time for a change? Um, okay, so the story really starts with my sister. Um, I was now 18, pregnant with my second child. Um, and I just remember telling my sister I was pregnant, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, well, it really wasn't planned. Like, I wasn't planning on doing this, like, you know, but um, life was never an option. You know what I mean? Like, you have to continue to live life getting rid of my child was never an option. I couldn't, don't think I could emotionally deal with those issues. Um, and she's like, you know, she was already a CNA. So she's been working, you know, in the medical field and healthcare field for a while. And she told me, go be a CNA. It's something pretty easy. You're good with people. You love people. Um, it's pretty quick program and you can guarantee find a job for at least pretty good money to take care of your kids. Um, and that's what I did. So, why, why didn't you stop there? Um, you know, I, I think that really is attributed to working in the hospital. Um, I, I never worked a nursing home ever. Um, 
I love grandma and gramps, but I just, that's not like the area I like to be in. <laughs> um, so I started working, I applied and I got in at Silver Cross Hospital and man, I just kept thinking like, this never happens. Like, I think God's doing this for a reason. Like you don't just come out of school with absolutely no experience as a CNA though, and go straight into the hospital. So I just felt like that was a God, like giving me this opportunity to do something. A door was open. A door. Yeah. And I was like, sure, I'll walk through the door. <laughs> um, so, That's you know, awesome. Yeah. So I started working at the hospital and I was working on the med surge unit, scared as hell, scared because like, this is real life. Like this is real people's life right here. You know, I'm seeing people that are taking their last breath and I'm seeing people that are coming in, you know, because they're having like blowing up blood like that's significant stuff yeah. so I just got back in questions I kept asking them just like why is this happening or why is this or what what makes his urine look like that or whatever um, and I remember a couple nurses like you just you need to go to school because you like this stuff like you need to go to school um, and that's what I did where'd you go um, so I started out at Brown Mackey College um, met some of the most amazing women I could even think of Where's um, Brown, Mackey? Brown Mackey College is like a kind of like a technical school. They had like smaller certificate things. Okay. Not a major college. They didn't have like the RN program. No, it was a small small school in um, Maryville, Indiana. Okay. Right next to the Star Plaza Theater. Okay. So, Star Plaza. Yeah, Star Plaza. A lot of people know Star. It's literally <laughs> yeah. next door to it in okay. the same um, parking lot, actually. Um, so we were like in the basement of the tower um, at this school, and it was really like a vocational school. So they had like LPN. I think they had like... Um, like a pharmacy class and they had like um they were more known for like their socials um like their their um social worker things and you know um legal justice stuff like that were smaller paralegal certificates um but i remember they had this these this program and a cna at work told me about it and i was like wow it's only it's 45 minutes away though like, that's a commute every day. Yeah, and then with yeah. the snow. And you're working. And I'm working. And you, you have and kids. And I have, I have um, <laughs> God, yeah, they were both born in the same year. Um, Amari was born in January, and I was born in December, both of 2007. And when I started working at Silver Cross, it was March of 2008. So I had a three-month-old and a one-year-old um, and a five-year-old brother. And um, a grandma who's very, pretty much very stable and, and back, but never back to normal. You know what I mean? After you mm -hmm. have a stroke, you're never back to normal. Um, so just trying to manage all of that. And Are you I'm still like, living with your grandma at this yeah. point? Yeah. Um, you know, I moved out a couple of times, but Bill works school. You know, you got bills, you got kids. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of evictions, you know, and then the lights get turned off and you're like, forget it. I can't do this by myself. Um, so that's when you really just have to accept the fact that life's not perfect um, and appreciate the help that you can get. And then let them help you. Like, help yourself, but help them help you. Yes, that's perfect. I love that. So you have the ability to do things, but you need a little bit of a push. Right, and we all need that. Like, yeah. I don't think we can ever truly say we do things on our own. You know, it's just recognizing that... You, yeah, she's helped me. God, I'd probably be in DCFS or something if she wasn't there. Um, but me living there wasn't just benefiting me, too. It was benefiting her. She had a caregiver there, too. You know, so we kind of really helped each other. Um, and at the end of the day, she watched my kids, and I knew my kids were safe every day. Like, yeah. she raised me. I knew I was safe. 
I really knew my kids I could go to work and not worry about if somebody hurting my kids or is my kids only getting the minimal that they have to, you know what I mean? When you're in daycare, they give the minimal because that's all they can. But when they're at home with somebody that loves them, they get a little bit more. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We both did the same thing. Um, All right, so now you went for your bachelor's at this point? Is that Mm -mm. what Brown Mackey is? No, Brown Mackey's vocational. So I got a diploma as an LPN. Um, And CNA to LPN, um, big difference. I'm going from essentially just giving the basics of care and, and giving baths and making sure that their temperatures are taken to now I'm the one giving the medications, um, which scared the mess out of me. What if I gave the wrong medication? What if like something happened? You know, just learning how to take care of these people with reactions to medications or knowing when to question, you know, should they be taking this medication or is this a med error? Um, and this is before the days of scanning wrists. Yes. And... This was the mar on paper. This was checking the label and the ID band um, and making sure that they match and making sure that I am checking their medications versus their allergies. Everything is on paper. So if they scribbled wrong, you could essentially have two different medications. Yeah. <laughs> so that was very nerve-wracking, yeah. So then... CNA to LPN, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, there's a bachelor's degree. Um, actually, there was an associate's before the bachelor's. Associate's degree um, from where? So I ended up LPN, right? So I'm working. I worked um, for a little bit as a wound care nurse um, at Salem Village Nursing Home. So I okay. worked there. Um, and I left there and started PEDS. I always knew I wanted to work with kids. So I started working for like Pediatric Services of America and um, Maxim Healthcare. They're just both home care nursing for PEDS. Any okay. any child that is has like cerebral palsy or a genetic disorder, um, where stable enough to be outside of the hospital, they can have home care and have a nurse in their home. Hmm. Um, so I was that nurse. I was one-on-one care. So I was still the CNA working for them. I was giving them baths and washing their hair and still doing care. But I was also... Um, giving their medications, and I was a ventilator nurse. So every one of my babies had a tracheostomy with a ventilator um, and a G-tube. So I was specially trained to work with these kids um, with my LPN degree. Okay, so now uh, obviously I'm in the medical field. I've seen Mm -hmm. this, but um, how do you stomach it? Because I can't. Like, Um, I can't do it. I have a very good explanation, Um, and this is kind of the way I've always thought of it. So... Um, I worked with Grandma and Gramps, right, at the nursing home, mm-hmm. wound care. Um, I like oh, Grandma and Gramps, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I like Grandma and Gramps, too, but for the most part, I their bitterness. They're very bitter because they once could, now they can't. Yeah, okay, so children, I don't work at that far yes, extreme of the Exactly. The line. Okay. So I experienced that, mm-hmm. whereas these kids never could, so they don't care. They wake up every day still with a smile on their face. They still wake up happy. They still, you know, appreciate what you're doing and talk to you. And if if I could have somebody in my home taking care of my child like I would take care of my child, I would appreciate that. And so, you know, I had kids at home at this point, and I could not imagine them being sick. But I also couldn't imagine anyone hurting a child or, you know, mistreating a child or just not treating them properly. So taking care of them, they were my kids. Like, you know, I would wash their hair and I would sing to them and we would sing the ABCs and we'd be silly together. Um, And, you know, I would make sure that they were lotion so that way their hands wouldn't get all dirty or, you know, just different things with them. And I really just mommied them. 
you know, and, and I became very close with a lot of the families that I worked with. Um, I worked with them repetitively, some long-term, some like only in the summer. I had this one little girl in, um, in Montgomery and I worked with her every summer when she was out of school and her mom requested me every summer. Um, and it was just more of a, a mommy thing. You know, and, and some moms are like, oh, I could never do sick kids. And I'm like, please give me a sick child. Like, I would love to care for them. It was just a totally different aspect. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't, can't do it without, like, heart hurting. Yeah. You know? No, they fill my heart. And that's, like, yeah. so different. Like, they make me happy. And, like, if you can be happy and you can't walk, you can't talk, you can't do anything, I have nerve to be upset over a broken nail or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, something so it. trivial. Yeah. Um, and you really have issues with your life. So if you could be happy, I know I damn sure can be happy. Yeah, and, and so what sparked The Bachelors? Um, I wanted to be in a hospital. I wanted to do more. Um, although I love taking okay, care hold of on, hold kids. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't ah, let that slide okay. either. I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more. Where does that mentality come from? Um... As a kid, I feel like as a kid, when you see, when you see your mom like drugged out on the couch, and like you are sitting there taking care of your newborn brother, um, and I remember one point I wanted to be with my dad. I wanted to be with my dad so bad that I walked and hitchhiked from Cole City, Illinois, to Crest Hill. Um, yeah, that's not safe. And I was about... Not recommended. Not recommended. No, please don't do that in real life. Um, only seen on TV. Uh, um, I must have been 13 or 14. And I just wanted to be with him so bad because I thought the grass was greener on the other side. Um, and I remember I got to his house and this guy drops me off. and Which could have ended up totally horrible. Yeah. Totally horrible. Um, I'm grateful. God, somebody was watching me that day. Somebody was watching me. Um, because I ended up getting to Brandon Road in mm -hmm. Shanahan. Don't know how. Um, and he picked me up and, um, it was from like the river canal. My dad used to always be on boats. So it was like from the river canal over there is where I really thought he was. Um, so I walked there. It wasn't there. So then somebody picked me up and took me to his house. Um, and I remembered I walked into his house. And his response was, what the hell are you doing here? And I was like, really, dude? <laughs> like, you know how hard it was. You know what I just went through to get here? Yeah. Like, um, man, and just going from one ladder side to the other, and neither of them were ideal or what I wanted, I could never possibly live a life like that. Like, I didn't want to just exist in life. So did that, um, did that put a chip on your shoulder? Did yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, God, so many issues um, with my life put chips on my shoulders. Um, I had to just, like, brush them off. Like, if if you can't benefit my life positively and show me a positive way to go, like, I want pretty much nothing to do with you then. It's just how I felt. So my grandma just being <laughs> the only person giving me right, that positivity, right, yeah. like, I went to her. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking that kind of, put some people out of your life almost for good at almost that point for when good you, when you say it like that yeah and and i mean that's just the mentality i had to start getting into to protect myself more from getting hurt you know because if i keep letting you in my life and keep trusting you and keep like allowing you essentially to do this to me i'm gonna be so messed up worse than you <laughs> yeah that's uh I, I think that's something out there for parents to hear yeah you know especially parents that have been divorced and 
you know they're they're bouncing in and out of their kid's life oh yeah you know that's that's not easy on the kids no it's not at all and and i for some you know some develop a chip you know some want they have to prove something now Mm -hmm. they have they have to push forward they've got a bigger meaning but for others it can really knock them down oh definitely so for you it looks like you still pushed forward yeah right so somewhere in there there's a bachelor's degree there is um (laughs) there was an associate's degree i got in florida I had a friend. Um, How long were you in Florida for? Three years. And why would you come back to Illinois? <laughs> My grandma. Um, okay. All right. Man, being down there, just like I said, she's been the most influential person. Um, being away from her, from her for three years was really hard. Um, we kept in touch. We always, like, um, I was back here on the holidays all the time. Um, and I was here during the summer for a while. I came back and worked for the summer um, one time because I worked for that company that worked in Florida and in Illinois. Okay. So I had that so opportunity. Had I had a job regardless. Yeah. Um, and so I came back because, man, like, at the end of the day, Florida was very good for me. Mm. It was very, very good for me. But coming back was here. Was it good to just be away? It was good to be away. It was good to be away from um, negative influences. Um, like I said, if, I, if you're not benefiting my life, I cannot be around your negativity because negative energy, like just pulls you down. Yeah. And it's like, if you're in that poor me state, I'm sorry, I'm trying to move forward. I cannot deal <laughs> with that right now. Yeah. So now I, I want to touch on this one a little bit because like growing up, you know, I mean, you knew, you know how we grew up, right? Oh, yeah. And so the goal was always to get out of Joliet, yes. right? Yeah. Right. And so now here you are. You've got your bachelor's degree at this point. You're coming back to Joliet. What's the drawing force to bring you back? Um, I really, at the end of the day, it really was the people I was around. It wasn't as much the community. I mean, we have great people in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more the the people that I was hanging out with um, that didn't want better. That kept telling me, "Well, why do you want better?" I don't, like pretty much because they didn't want better. Like. You, oh, you think you're too good because you're going to school. Or you think that you're better <laughs> yeah. than people. No, I just think I've made better decisions with my life. I don't necessarily think I'm better than you because I still lose my shit some days. <laughs> totally lose it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I just think more long-term than short-term. Now, getting back to your degree. I can't, I can't let this go <laughs> can't yet. Let this go. Okay. I can't let this go yet. Okay. Where did you get your bachelor's degree Okay, from? <laughs> so it actually started off in Associates. I was in mm-hmm. Florida, um, went to Rasmussen College, looked into their LPN to RN program, because you have mm-hmm. to get that. Um, and most people don't have an LPN to bachelor's, they have an LPN to Associates. So I did that. It was a 14-month degree, met some amazing people who were LPNs too, so they really understood what I was going through. I was already, I was in between already being a nurse, but being limited to what I could do as that nurse. Um, because what's it, the difference? I don't, I so don't know LPNs can't do, we can't do any blood products. They can't do any IVs unless if you're certified. Um, there's a lot of different things that they can't do, um, because they're not the registered nurse with more education. Um, it's really a lot of skill to be an RN as well as a lot of liability. Like, you're in charge of the LPNs and the CNAs, whereas the LPN still has to ask the RN permission for certain things. Um, So in Florida, I did my associates. I got my degree. I went to um, graduation. I passed my boards the first time. Um, And I remember passing my boards and just crying. Um, Crying because of the struggle, 
and because of the, damn, I really did it. Like, I really freaking did it. Um, and growing up in that, like, environment, you're always told that you can't do. Oh, you did this. Oh, you're a teen mom. Woof. Like, just <laughs> knock that out the window. You're never going to be successful. Like, or who do you think you are going to school and you got these kids to take care of? Um, exactly why I'm going to school is to take care of those kids. Um, and so after my associates literally graduated with my associates in March, um, and started a bachelor's degree in April. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So no rest. No rest. Um, I figured if I took that rest, I wouldn't want to go back. Okay. And so you went back for your bachelor's degree where? Um, I went back to Kaplan University, um, which is where I'm still at now with my master's. So you finished your bachelor's? Um, I finished my bachelor's. Awesome. Yes. Um, I was working at Trinity Advocate in Chicago, um, labor and delivery. So I still wanted to stay anywhere towards pediatrics, but mm-hmm. I really wanted a hospital experience. I wanted to have, you know, the, the critical care patient, and I wanted to have the, the patient that I just needed to do more with to get smarter and learn more and be more skilled of a nurse. What do you say to people out there that are in your similar situation growing up the teen mom what do you say to that person um life is what you choose and the consequences positive or negative was a lot of what you decided to do with your life and um growing up negative okay that's fine you can be negative but you have to separate yourself from that situation if you want better and if you want to follow that path follow that path but once you realize that just because that's your life doesn't mean that has to be my life. You can change your perspective. And you can understand that you didn't think you were worth it, but I think I'm worth it. I think I'm worth a little bit more. And then when you have this kid, like, damn, you, like, really deserve a good mom. Like, you deserve to have that mom. And you deserve those childhood memories. And, you know, you deserve to have your own room and not have to take care of anybody else while you're still trying to figure out who the hell you are. Yeah, so that's... that kind of takes me to the next question how much did your upbringing and your parents influence the type of parents parent that you are today a hundred percent um like i said i don't remember a lot about my parents um i remember swimming with my dad once and i think i was five um my mom never took me anywhere um i i don't even remember going to the park with her i don't remember going to the zoo i don't remember museums Um, I don't remember anything that was, that me and her did. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing. I don't have any memories. Like, um, not even with my dad. Like, I would remember family parties because that's, like, all we did. Like, if I was with my dad, um, you know, and and I I forgave him a lot. But, um, it was always the show dad, a holiday dad. Like, I was with my dad on Christmas. I was with my dad on Easter. Um, but it was only when my grandma was having parties. It was only when there was a family party. Um, and I remember one time I lost it and I was so done with people just thinking he was such a great dad and just thinking he was so involved. Um, aunt Perry asked me and dad, we were sitting, um, Christmas party. So we were at the church, right? And, um, we were next to each other and aunt Perry's like, so Sal, how was her recital? And he just stood there, and I lost it. And I was like, and Perry, he wouldn't know because he doesn't come around. I said, he doesn't go. And he looked at me like, no, she did not just say that. Um, And she was like, 
she didn't know what to say either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just really tired of it because I'm like, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, you're either there or you're not. Um, and the only person I remember was Uncle Michael. He's the only person, um, and I lost it when he left. Um, the only person that ever told me you could do better and you deserve better. And um, I like your boyfriend. He's good for you. And are you going to school? You going to school? He would wake me up. I lived with him when I was 15 before I got pregnant. Um, he would knock on my door. Get up. It's time for school. I'm like, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> school doesn't start right now. He's like, you got to get ready for school. Um, and man, even though like he was only really active for about two, three years when I was a little older, um, he was just so encouraging. He was such a difference, like... My dad was really, like, really, like, piss poor, I feel like, with his attitude. And Uncle Mike was just so laughing and happy and just showed you that, like, men can be good, too. You just have to find a good one. Yeah, so, yeah, that was hard. That was very hard. Still is. Sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) So, I want to get back to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you finished your bachelor's. Yes. You're working on your master's. Yes. Family nurse practitioner? Yes. What does that mean? Family nurse practitioner basically means I can care for anybody um, pretty much at any age um, and manage their basic health symptoms, um, their basic management of care. So a patient with diabetes that's well controlled and is doing well with their um, regimen, I can manage them, whereas a person that is pretty much out of control and not managing anything well and is more unstable they would go to a specialist um, which I do not want to be a specialist <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with caring for the relatively healthy stable patients um, I'd still like to focus on women's care and children because that's what my background is that's what I enjoy um, but just going to school and learning a little more and kind of reminding myself how much I know you know, because you learn things and then you forget that you do know what you're talking about. Right. Um, and you're like, wow, I don't remember really understanding that. But I guess I do because I gave the right answers. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hopefully go into having my own patients um, and managing my own patient care. And where, what type of setting does that put you in? Primary care setting. So, um, essentially, I'm like a doctor. Um Although I don't want all the liability as a doctor, I don't want to do as much as the doctors um, as far as medical-wise. Um, I will have my own patients, and the patients will come to see me if they have any symptoms. I can't admit patients into the hospital, um, but I will be working with a physician who has that capability. Okay, perfect. So go back 10 years. 10 years. Did you see yourself in this position? No. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Um, I was just 10 years ago just hoping to make it. Um, just hoping to pay my bills every, every month, um, if I could afford it, (laughs) just hoping to have gas to get to work, um, diapers to put on my kids, um, ramen noodles for dinner, because that's all (laughs) we could afford at that time. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I, I want for, for you guys is to be cultured. Yes. You know, and like, where did you go this year? What, what vacations did you oh trip, my gosh. take? What trips did um, you do? Where, where, where have you been? Oh, so this summer, um, I decided I was taking time off school. Um, and time off school, not just for my kids, because I wanted my kids to enjoy the summer, 
but I just wanted to enjoy life. I feel like I've experienced so much that I was never financially stable until, you know, about probably about a year or two ago when I got my bachelor's degree and started consistently working in the hospital, paying all my debts off. Because um, nobody has money when you're a, a broke college student with kids. That's just <laughs> not possible. Um, so, you know, just paying all those debts off and, and building a little bit of a savings and making sure that um, I have those memories with my kids and that I teach my kids that money doesn't buy happiness, but you can use the money to, you know, take you places and experience the world and see life a little bit different. Um, so I went to Italy. Um, those girls I talked about in Cole City, Gabby and Crystal, they came with me. Um, we went to go visit a friend who is also a friend from the same place, Cole City, and I've known him since I was 10. Um, and then his wife and his daughter were there, and it was just very nice to um, go there with my best friends in the whole wide world. Like, who doesn't want to take a trip with their best friends anyways? Um, to a different culture, and he was not only a friend, but he lived there for so long that he was, like, the best tour guide ever. <laughs> like, we already knew what we were going to do. Like, we got to go to Venice and just seeing the culture of the people and how they, you know, how they acted and, like, things from the 1800s. Um, and I think one of the best parts that we were there, we were um, in Vatican City. We woke up. Um, now, mind you, when you're in Italy, you drink wine all day. All day. You wake up, and to use the bathroom, you have to buy something at a place. Yeah. Um, there's no public restrooms, or you pay for it. Put some money into Piddle. That's mm. weird. But um, I guess that's how they keep it clean. It's clean. I don't, not mad then. Yeah. Um, but so we would buy a bottle of wine so we could use the bathroom. <laughs> so all day we would stop, bottle of wine, bathroom, bottle of wine, bathroom. So it was very fun. Um, but I remember the night before we had too much wine. We woke up a little too late. But then we're like, ah, we can make it to Vatican City. We can make it to the Trevi Fountain. And then we can make it um, to the Coliseum. Then we'll get on the train to go back to Milan. So um, we were going to Vatican City and we were walking down the street and hearing something. I'm like, is that, is that the Pope? What? So here we are in Italy, the most American people you could probably think of. We're running down because we're like, it's the Pope. <laughs> and I have my um, GoPro because I'm just like so excited. Growing up Catholic, the Pope is a pretty big yeah. thing for us. Um, and I'm just like, this is such a once in a lifetime thing. Like, I don't think I'll ever go back to Italy and see the Pope like that. Um, if I do, that'll still be amazing. But I was just so in awe that... I had the chance to see this culture and you see a Pope only on TV. Like you don't really see the Pope in real life unless you're actually there. Like that was just crazy to me. Um, and that really humbled me like experience and traveling and seeing how other people live. And they were so minimal. Things didn't matter there. It didn't matter. Like what, how much money you had or, you know, the, the car that you drove, everybody was in a teeny tiny car. Didn't matter. Like, what matters was how you treat people. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to go home, and I'm not going to buy anything, and we're going to sit in the dark, <laughs> yeah, we're going to drink wine, yeah, right, <laughs> and enjoy yeah. each other's conversation. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're only going to go to the store to use the bathroom and buy some wine. <laughs> and buy some wine. <laughs> so, no, when, when I, because um, I was watching your videos live yes. when you were taking those videos, I and them. I was like, that is awesome, that a girl from Joliet, yeah. teenage mom, I know the family life that you had yeah I'm like that is cool because yeah. you actually get to experience what other people live yeah other cultures 
and it changes your perspective on life. Definitely. You know, so um, so yeah, definitely proud of you for doing that. You. Now you you've only mentioned two kids, so yes, I have so you, two you, you yeah you you better say their names yes. otherwise. Sean, so all four kids. Um, Amari was born January '07. Um, Eighteen, broke as hell. Nothing. Working at Cracker Barrel. Naya was born December right. 2000. Cracker Barrel. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Naya was born. I was 19. Um, just finished CNA class. I was finished in CNA and I was about eight and a half months pregnant. Um, and I had her two weeks later. Um, and going to CNA, man, I really saw who was in my life and who was in my corner. And I remember um, getting there by any means. We had to go to clinical and that was not close. I didn't have a car. Where clinical? Clinicals were um, in Plainfield at Lake Lakewood. We had some there. We had some at Sunny Hill. And I remember just people in my family, like, waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning to take me to school. Um, Dad's girlfriend, Kim, did. She took me, and I remember a couple different times. And she also had a baby because Amari and Marissa are only a couple months apart. Yeah. So, you know, I remember, and, and it was just like, thank you. Like, thanks for believing in me. Like, it, I, I can't let you down. Pretty much is how I, and I can't let my kids down. So that was Naya. I was 19, just finished CNA. Um, working at the hospital. I just made a year without being pregnant. <laughs> oh, my God. I just made a year, and I was like, yes. Um, I did something right. Um, and, gosh, two months later, here comes Sean. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I was like, I just, I laughed. What could I do? What could I do? Um, and at this point, um, I just turned 20. No, nope, I was a couple months since 20. How did I'm pregnant? I mean, what are you going to do? You just have the baby, guess, you know? And I, I started classes. I was starting at Brown Mackey College, actually. Got into a car accident, totaled my car. Five months pregnant, totaled my car. Doctor's like, no, you're not going to school in Indiana. Um, and at this point, now I totaled my car. Like, that's a total loss for somebody my age. I don't have money for a new car. Um, so I just kept working and working and working. And then he was three months old. I was 21. Um, and I went back to LPM school. And then fast forward to 20. Yeah, I was going to say, keep going. So I had another kid. Um, so then did all that, moved to Florida, got my associates, was working on my bachelor's, working at Trinity. Um, and um, found out I was pregnant again. And I was like, and how old? I was 27. Um, no, I was 20, 26, because I had him when I was 27. So I was 26, um, working on my fourth kid. But what can you do? At this point, I was more financially stable. Um, I had my own house. Um, my grandma did help me with watching my children, like, after school and stuff. But then I was like, damn, the baby just got into kindergarten. <laughs> I was just daycare free. Um, I was baby free all day. But, um, I mean, he's, like, he changed, I feel like, our whole family. Um, having those big kids and then now having them see a baby um, and having that baby in the house and teaching them how to love the baby and how to care for him and how to invite him into our family um, they like really stepped up with like their brotherly roles and my daughter's like such a good little mom to him um, and it was funny we were sitting there and he started crying and my daughter's like oh what's wrong pumpkin and I was like oh good job like if I can't do anything for my kids I just want them to know how to love people how to be kind to people like how to treat people with respect and 
that's kind of why I started this little video series mm -hmm. here is to show the goodness that's out there in the city. Yeah. And uh, and you're definitely doing good things. Oh, well, thanks. And you've you've accomplished more than. I never forget that conversation at Sunny D, right? That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you were what, 14, 15, 15 yeah. maybe at 15. the time? 15, and you had just moved back from Cool City, and uh, and I stopped by to see you, and I'm like, please just make it, you know, yeah. just, just make it, because, um, you know, I was worried about you just like I was worried about, you know, the other ones yeah. you know, that, that, that went through there, and I'm like, just please make it. Um, now I see your pictures on Facebook and your football and cheerleading. And, oh God, yeah. Uh, what types of activities are you in? You're in Belmont, I saw. Yeah. yeah. It's baseball. It's like you're everywhere now. Yes. Um, I really feel like life is what you make of it. Um, if I want to sit at home and be lazy one day, that's fine. Just one day, though, because it's not going to contribute anything to my future. It's not going to teach my kids anything. Um, and if I want them to be successful later on in life, I have to teach them how to be successful now. Boom. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Mindset shift right um, there. That's totally. awesome. And I don't want my kids to have to recover from their childhood and be like, oh, you know, my mom never taught me anything. Like, my dad never taught me anything. But if I can change one thing in their life, I'll give them the mom that encourages them. And I'll give them the mom that teaches them. Like, it's hard, kid. And I tell my kids the same thing. You can't go expecting to know everything, but you can learn it, you know. And um, sports, we started sports in Florida. Um, I really just wanted them to get involved with kids in the community and doing things and learn how to work as a team and have those friends. Um, so we started the YMCA in Florida was free. So that was ideal because I was in nursing school yeah. and I was working. Yeah, and broke. the only thing I had to do was buy a $10 pair of cleats. I can do that. You know, you sign up. And, and um, if you paid the $30 to go to their gym, you got free daycare and you got free sports. So $30 a month for me, I was like, look, I'm helping my health. I'm being, um, I was like doing their little classes, whatever I could squeeze in for 30 minutes, you know, and, and really feeling better about myself. Taking them to sports once or two days a week. Um, letting them be involved with other kids and seeing that um, how parents treat their kids and how you're supposed to act as a mom. Um, and the things you're supposed to do. Um, I was 23, um, 23 at the time, maybe 24-ish. Mm. Um, and these parents were like in their 30s. Like they had their stuff together. They knew how to be a mom. Um, and I was still learning. I was still learning how to be an adult. Like who rather yeah. than raising kids. So sports and, and being involved was always um, important and never an option. So you're, at, at this point you're stable, right? Yep. Financially, you're, Financially doing, you're, doing, well. you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, why continue to go on? Like, why? What's where's the drive? Um, the drive is really I don't want to miss my kids' sports, I want to have the schedule I want to have, I want to care for the um, people in our community that don't have a lot of people rooting in their corner. You know, um, I remember going to the doctors and they wouldn't teach me anything, like. I'd go to the hospital to have my babies and some nurses were great and would teach you this and then you'd be like oh wow I feel really comfortable having my baby now um, and others would just come in it was just their job um, I happened to fall into nursing and I absolutely fall in love with it um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else 
could not imagine doing anything else. So if there's a way that I can use my education and my skill to help somebody else just be more comfortable with themselves, um, feel more confident in taking care of their mental status or their health status or educating them on when you actually need medicine and when you don't or how to care for your own kids. It, you would be amazed of how many people don't know that Tylenol takes care of fevers. Like, just teaching that mom that this is the signs that you look for in your child and making them more confident as a mother, too. That, like, I got this. I can take care of my kid. I don't always have to go to the doctor. So, so with that, where can people find you? Um, right now I'm working at University of Chicago. Um, I work in their float pool, so I do labor and delivery and postpartum care. Um, absolutely love it. Crazy madness some days. Um, we literally some days go room to room delivering babies, but I still try to educate my moms as best as I can and, and encourage them. Um, hopefully later on, right now I'm doing my clinical at um, Primary Care, um, Joliet, right on Chicago Street right here. Um, oh, from between Elwood yeah. and... Yep, I'm there um, doing clinicals there with um, Diana. She's an uh-huh. amazing nurse practitioner. Um, I would let her care for anybody in my family. She's just amazing. And I feel like she's also one of those people that were put in my life um, to help me. She's just so smart and so um, encouraging to her patients. She educates her patients. And, um, you know, sometimes you go to the doctor, they're in and out in two minutes. Yeah. I think the national average is 11 with six minutes of that being paperwork. Probably. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, Sounds I, about right. I think right. that's what I read in the last um, study. <laughs> probably. But she's with every patient at least 15 to 20 minutes. And sometimes, you know, she's talking about their care or she'll talk about their family life. Oh, how's the job treating them? Or how's the family? How's this going? And it's just like, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I want... Girl, um, you got four kids. I know. I know. You're 20. <laughs> when I have my own patients and you know when she walks out of the room her patients are like I love her um and I really you know not that I'm so eager for everybody to love me but I really want people to feel comfortable and confident in my care and then I'm done no more after masters so no more after masters no, not unless um, they make me go for a doctorate are you planning on staying in Joliet after you're done yes so um if I if I can't get in a nurse practitioner job in the university which would be ideal because I've already been there for a year um, if I can't, I'm perfectly okay with being in the community. Um, and, and that would still be Orland Park um, because they have a, a, another office now open in Orland Park for primary the University care. University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, which has really helped the community a lot too. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm okay with being in the Joliet community, Will County. Um, you know, I, I've gone to school here for so long um, between colleges and being involved in the sports. Um, my kids have played Belmont and um, Joliet Steelers and for, you know, their schools in um, the District 86 community. So I'm okay with staying here and helping us be better as, as a community. That's awesome because people like you are what we need. You yeah. Know, it's like we need that positive influence. But beyond that, it's like we need those role models to show yes. that it can it can be done. It, it can, can be it can done. Happen, you know, and, and that's the that's part of the driving force for me wanting to do this. Yeah. And um, I don't really have any other questions. Anything else that you want to say out no. there to you want to say hi to anybody? Hi, yeah. everyone. <laughs> All right. So obviously, I don't, I don't know if you guys have picked it up, but uh, Jessica's my niece. So. Uh, long family history here, so I totally get where she came from, and I'm very proud of where she's at. So, thanks for watching. Uh, If you have any comments, questions, 
feel free to leave them down at the bottom. Uh, Jessica will answer the questions if they're sure for will. her. I'll, I'll answer the questions if they're for me. Uh, thanks for watching. Thank you. Bye-bye.